every single person on the planet seems to have an opinion. Mm. Very few people have wisdom. Welcome to True Grit and Grace, a podcast designed to empower you to claim your resilience and thrive through life's challenges. I am Amberly Lago, a mindset coach, fitness expert, and best-selling author. Each week, I'll dive deep with the world's brightest thought leaders and elite performers to share tangible tools and practical advice to inspire you to keep your eyes on the prize and forge ahead. So get ready to conquer your fears, heal any trauma, lead with your heart, and elevate your life with grit and grace. Hello, today's guest is amazing. He is a highly sought after author, speaker, trainer, media guest, and the host of the Secrets of Success podcast. He is a global authority on behavioral assessment strategies and processes, an expert in leadership, purpose, and wellness. He has authored over 4 million words of content, including four books, 500 articles, and a dozen assessments to help others realize their full potential. He's the president and CEO of Consulting Resource Group International and works with high-profile companies, industry groups, and associations. Dr. Ken Keyes, welcome to the show. I'm excited to have you. Well, I'm excited to be here. You're the rock star out there, so I'm just coming along for a ride. Glad we can serve and play together. Yes. Well, I don't know about me being the rock star. I remember... I had the honor of being on your show, and I think I met you, was it like two years ago, maybe? Maybe a year? I don't even remember how we yeah. met. <laughs> but well, I it met was through, you. Yeah, I think it was through you being on our podcast. I forget exactly, maybe one of the team members, or we were playing in a pond and LinkedIn, you know, social media, for those of you watching, just everything that happens now, or maybe you were on somebody else's podcast, and we noticed that. Your book was coming out on grit and we wanted to have you on. And so you were an awesome guest. So here we are back to you being your own podcast host yourself. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I was really excited to have you on because you talk a lot about values and purpose and you help others to really figure out what their values are to lead to their purpose. But before we get Mm. into all of that, The more I've learned about you, the more I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy is so cool. You grew up on a dairy farm, which is so totally different from what you do now. Really? Is it? It's the same, right? Just a little bit different. But I related to that because I grew up in a small town in Texas, and I knew from a very young age that I wanted more, that Mm -hmm. I wanted to do more. At the age eight, I knew. How old were you when you realized being a dairy farmer just may not be my thing? I went to agricultural college and I'm the eldest in our family, third generation, firstborn male, Eastern European descent. So came home, worked on the farm with my dad. Within a year, it was pretty obvious the two of us were not going to be able to work together. It just Mm -hmm. wasn't going to happen. 
So I left two years after coming back from ag college and had two agricultural jobs, one with the Department of Agriculture, the second as a sales representative for an agricultural company. And so I did those two. And I knew at 16 that I was going to be a speaker. And in grade nine, my English teacher said I would not amount to anything because I couldn't read or write. So you talk about all this writing. There was no way you would be able to convince me or I believed that I would be an author in my teens or even in my 20s. The thought had never occurred to me being a communicator and being a speaker. Even when I was in my teens, I was asked to be the MC at meetings and events and banquets in the community because I always really mastered the event. An MC is so important to managing the mm-hmm. event so that people have a good time. And then also communicating and having fun. And I can be quippy and I don't tell good jokes, but I can have this <laughs> sense of humor. So we had some fun with that. But I knew at 16 that I love speaking. So I was doing some of this MC work. I wasn't really an official speaker. And then I actually started my own dairy farm in my 20s. And I got up one morning, and I think this is the question that many of the viewers or listeners can ask. I got up one morning after just starting milking my cows. I think it was 5.30 in the morning. We're talking about early mornings just Mm -hmm. before we turned the recording on. The sun was coming up. I think it was May. And I asked myself this question, would it be okay if this was what was occurring 20 years from now? Mm. And the answer is that absolutely not. And what I said, a good not- question. What a good question for all of our listeners to ask themselves right now at this moment in their life. For sure. And not as a guilty or beating yourself up or any kind of oppression. It was really about what am I moving toward? So mm-hmm. if the answer is no, then what does that mean for you? And it wasn't that dairy farming was bad, but I knew that there was something more that was going on, more opportunity. So I was actually had my sales job and my dairy farm at the same time. You know how when you first start out, you have Mm -hmm. to kind of work 12 hours a day, seven days a week kind of thing. And what I did is I started a sales training company. So I quit my job. I still had my dairy farm. And then I started doing sales training. Well, I was on the other side of the country when I got a call from my brother said, oh, by the way, your milker who is milking your dairy cows has quit today. What do you want me to do? Well, I'm a five-hour flight away. And I said, well, that's the end of that to try to do both of those. So it started to progress from the sales training. And then Consulting Resource Group, which you mentioned, which I'm now the owner and president of, was founded by Dr. Terry Anderson 40 years ago. You know, as we're recording this, this will be legacy video or audio. It's Mm -hmm. 30 years that I've been in this industry. So I met Dr. Anderson, and then he started to mentor me. And there was this little thing invented called computers. (laughs) And all of a sudden I started to type and then I did my MBA and I started to learn how to sort of write through my fingers. I don't handwrite all my work. I do it through the keyboard. So it started to progress that way. And Dr. Anderson mentored me. And then I was very fortunate to get a very large training contract with Chrysler with another individual where we had the sole source to do all the soft skills. So it was an amazing journey. However, I was on the road 300 days a year for six or seven years. I learned that about you, but I just want to backtrack for just a minute because there are so many nuggets in there where I know my listeners are going to say, but how did you do that? How did you get over that? One of the first things I want to ask you is when your English teacher told you, because I had read that about you, that your English teacher had said, 
And I experienced that as well when I wanted to write my first mm-hmm. book. And I had people say, you know, I only had a high school diploma, no college education. And people right. are like, sure, you're a personal trainer. You want to write a book? I think when someone tells you something like your English teacher said, you're never going to amount to anything. You could either take that and do nothing with your life and really let that be a label on you as you are worthless. You're not going to amount to anything. Mm -hmm. Or you went the other route and you went way above and beyond. You've written four books. You've written all these assessments for people to better themselves and do Mm -hmm. self-development. How did you get past that hurdle? How did you get past that when someone said you're never going to be able to do this? And what was it in you that enabled you to move past that? Well, there's two or three things. And by the way, it's not easy. I mean, a lot of times people look at your success or maybe our success, say, well, that was easy for you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Your favorite word is grit Mm -hmm. and resilience. I mean, when I was in my late teens, early 20s, I was suicidal. Now, we did learn that one of the contributing factors was my diet. I was medicating myself with sugar and I was hypoglycemic. And so because you're a trainer and you know I have a diploma in nutrition and genetics, that what we eat and how we treat ourselves and the sleep that we get can really put your mental stability at peril. So Mm -hmm. that notwithstanding, I just knew being sort of the driven individual. Now, I do give credit to my family around dairy farming. It's 24 7, 365. Mm-hmm. So, work ethic is not an option around that environment. So, you learn that, that you do whatever it takes to get to wherever you go. Mm-hmm. And that's it right there. For sure. The other side is I knew that I wasn't fitting in. And in 1989, when I got into the industry, I hired a coach out of Seattle, Washington. So, I live in Vancouver, Canada, and Seattle's about a two hour, two and a half hour drive to Mike's location. And this is before coaching was big. This is 1989. Mm -hmm. And I work with Mike for six months. I drove down there every month, you know, five hours, you know, two and a half each way for him to help me to get clear about my purpose. I knew I was to help others, to encourage others, but I was a little bit unclear about what that meant. Mm -hmm. And that really evolved to my purpose statement, which is my purpose to help others to live, lead and work on purpose Mm -hmm. and to develop that. So it hasn't been easy. And then some days when I started my training business, I mean, we're starving. So where there was no money, you not sure how you're going to make it to sort of the next week, Uh you just push through it. Most of us have these stories and you think, well, it was easy for Sylvester Stallone or Arnold or yourself or myself. No way. And then Chrysler was a blessing, was amazing. The other thing is I'm a person of faith. And so I have a trust in something that's bigger than me that's going on. Mm-hmm. And so that was core to my drive and where I was going, because I believe that we are spiritual beings having a physical experience, not mm-hmm. the other way around. So that was really driving a lot of the, I'll call it the core, core motivation about, you know, why are we here? Mm-hmm. You know, what's the purpose of here? And it's really to make a difference, to help others. You talk about events in life that change your life forever. I go to this chamber event in 1990, and Dr. Terry Anderson, who had founded CRG, is there. I never heard of him. He's in the same community, don't know anything about the company. We run into each other, and two weeks later, we sort of partner together. If I had never gone to that meeting, never gone to that chamber event, this whole 
process of developing assessments and working this area and being mentored. Mm -hmm. He got me into doing my MBA and then after that, my doctorate degree. So all of that based on that single meeting in 1990. And I said, whoa. Yeah, I think that so often we don't understand why we go through things, you know, like, why is this happening? And I always kind of go, okay, well, why is this happening for me, not to me? And I believe that we go through things that, you know, we have experiences and it leads us to exactly where we're supposed to be. And it teaches us lessons so we can be of service to others and have a purpose. I have a lot of clients of mine that for me, I've always known what my purpose was. There was this deep core passion that I had that I love working with people. So I feel like Mm -hmm. although the course of my career has changed quite a bit, especially after my motorcycle accident, I've really always known my purpose. But I have a lot of clients that struggle with Mm. that area of finding their purpose. And that's one of the things that I was excited to ask you if you could share If you have somebody that they don't know their purpose and one minute they're, you know, doing one Mm. thing, they may be saying they're going to go to school and be a doctor and the next minute they're going to be a yoga teacher and the next minute they're going to do sound bath healings. They're kind of all over the place and feel Mm -hmm. scattered. How would you help them to truly find their purpose? What would you say to them? Well, first of all, we'll acknowledge that the majority of the population are in that situation. It's unfortunate. I mean, when Gallup did the study, they said that 87% of the global economy, the global workforce is disengaged at work. Only Mm. 13% are engaged. So this is not something that is unique to the individual. The other one is it's a very complex, big picture, multiple pieces that contribute to the answer. In many cases, the question is, what's your purpose is too big for most Mm -hmm. people. So I want to back up for a minute and just kind of share some experiences about, first of all, there are so many societal pressures and expectations to go down certain pathways. First of all, for me on the farm, when I left the farm, you know, my dad said, we did all of this for you, right? Mm -hmm. So the societal pressure to go down certain pathways. My wife as an academic coach at a university, a student in tears, just sobbing in her office. Why? Her parents are multi-multi-millionaires who own a manufacturing company, and they've decided that their 20-year-old daughter is going to be in charge of research. She Mm. loves the art. She hates science. She has Mm. no interest in it. So all these pressures, the other thing that happens when I did my MBA research study, and it was over 40,000 pieces of data, is that what we discovered was as people are promoted, their satisfaction and fulfillment in life actually decreased. So what? What are you talking about? Because people are relating fulfillment to being upwardly mobile. That's not true. There was somebody in this retail store I was working with, a 6,000 employee. So as a speaker, trainer, consultant, I do this work. And there was this individual in the cosmetic department, and she was rocking it. Like she just outsold everybody two to one out of 6,000 employees. Every single month, she was being asked to be the supervisor. She says, you're not getting it. I don't want to be the supervisor. I'm not interested in being the supervisor. I finally had to go to management and say, stop asking her to be the supervisor. She's not interested in it. Mm-hmm. So we have all these kinds of things. And then the other side, I remember my son, who is now 24 as we record this, and very successful in real estate just less than two years in. 
but he was eight or nine or 10. I can't remember. We're at a Christmas dinner and my aunt was there and says, Tim, what do you want to be when you grow up? He says, well, I'm going to have my own rock band. And then my aunt says to him, what are you going to do for a real job? Oh. And so, man, I was P-I-S-S-E-D. So yeah. I was upset with my aunt. And I says, hang on, you're going to say that to an eight, nine, 10 year old and kind of drop that out. Now he ended up being, his wife's an amazing singer. They do some worship stuff. They're a duet that's hired for weddings now as a sidebar for their passion there. So who are you to say that this can't be integrated? So there's- I think it's such a good point to bring that up, especially for any parents that are listening. And what you said earlier about, you know, working in the retail shop and she didn't want to be supervisor. I can really, that resonates with me because my husband was a lieutenant commander with the highway patrol and he waited and waited to promote because he was a sergeant and he was head of the motors. And so that meant he got to go out on his motorcycle and run around town and have fun. There were some hard times too. It wasn't all fun. It was hard times too. But as soon as he promoted, he was behind a desk pushing paper and it wasn't as enjoyable as mm-hmm. having the freedom to be on his, you know, police bike and be out there. And so I totally got that. And then, you know, I remember when I wanted to be a professional dancer and I was told, oh, you'll never make it. I can't believe you're going to go to Los mm-hmm. Angeles and try to be a dancer. You'll be back in mm-hmm. two weeks. And it was a lot of negativity around that and a lot of labels that, you know, I wasn't good enough or I was too skinny or I was too fat or all these labels. And Oh, you're definitely way too fat. (laughs) Those of you watching or can't see the video, my eyes are rolling in the back of my head. (laughs) It was some of the things that you hear are just crazy. And, you know, it went from I look anorexic to I look too fat to, and so I think that it's really important to be grounded. And for me, have a solid foundation and a good belief in what your values are for me and having a higher power Mm -hmm. as well. So you don't get thrown off and taken down by all these labels. A couple of really important points, and I'm interrupting the host because I don't want to forget them. Interrupt away. So for those of you that are younger, you know, I speak at a lot of career development conferences, and there's research that really shows that the reflective mind really doesn't develop until somebody is 18 or 19 years of age. That's why a lot of university students, they go and they change their majors like 25 times in the first year. I'm being demonstrative, but it's very true. And here's why, is because they don't know. And as the reflective mind and the cognitive mind start to merge, and I'm able to look back on what's happened and get a sense of the feelings and what occurred and what really resonates for me, is we need to allow people that space. My son changed his majors four or five times at the university my wife worked at in the first two years. He finally said, stop it. Take general studies. And as the years progress here, start taking courses that you enjoy. And then we'll figure out your direction afterwards. Stop this kind of predetermined side. The other thing that you mentioned, and this is so important for the listeners and the viewers, every single person on the planet seems to have an opinion. Mm. Very few people have wisdom. And so the reality is you do not want to be asking people who are not supportive of your direction, what do you think? Yeah. You know, so you go to an individual who has never had kids and said, how should I parent my children, right? Exactly. And there's so many people that I find that want to give their advice. But I mean, just the other day, I had 
a friend of mine who has never had a job and well, her job is she's a stay at home mom and she was giving me coaching advice. And I thought, but you've never been a coach. <laughs> you right. know, it's like, there's a lot of people out there that want to give you advice or tell you how you should do things. Mm. And yeah. So I'm and I was actually just, up. I was just at a presentation this morning before we recorded this and there was a very large study done. And it's interesting that the study was talking about educators. So my wife is a teacher by profession, so I'm not throwing teachers under the bus. But a lot of influence for younger people is coming through the education system. Mm -hmm. Well, what they cited was is that the educators have been educating longer on average than the kids are in age. In other words, the average tenure of teachers is over 16 years. Mm -hmm. And so the grade eight, nine, tens that they're starting to sort of coach these teachers don't have a real life experience. They don't know what the jobs are. They don't know what's going on. And by the way, don't worry about employment. The latest research is as AI and all artificial intelligence comes, is the multiple of factor actually is applying. Meaning we're not going to have more unemployment. We're going to have less. The problem is, is talented people and mm -hmm. so that have the skills that we need. So I digress. So anyways, that being said, you asked the other question, why don't people really figure out the purpose? Well, I was having lunch with Dr. Dick Bowles. He just passed away last year. He wrote the book, What Colors Your Parachute? It sold 100 million copies in its lifetime. And he was in the career development field for 50 years. And so his colleague, Richard Nodell, was at the dinner. This is just north of you. Between them, they had like 90 years, 80 years of experience wow. in career development. And I asked him, with all the stuff going on, why do we have 90% of people not living on purpose? And in unison, both of them said, people have not been willing to do the work. I you need to totally, do the work. I just had a conversation this morning. I was at the gym and I had a guy, he saw me working out. I had shorts on so he could see all my scars. And he goes, wow, well, are you still in pain? And I said, yeah. And we got to talking and he said, you know, most people wouldn't be working out, wouldn't have a job, wouldn't do things if they had to deal with what you have to deal with. And I said, you know, here's the thing. You have to be willing to do the work. People can give you all the advice. You can read all the books. You can hear all the motivational talks or presentations mm -hmm. or webinars, but you have to be willing to do the work. Absolutely. So when I say work, what do I mean by that? Well, discovery is reserved for the seeker. So first of all, every single listener, every single viewer, every single person that is present in your show has a purpose. I believe that you can't disprove that. However, most people don't know it. So your purpose then becomes your quest for your purpose. Your purpose is to find your purpose. So what are the steps that you need to do it? So first of all, don't get overwhelmed by the big question. Mm -hmm. because we want to take pieces. And you were talking about our expertise as a company is everybody talks about self-awareness, emotional intelligence, emotional quotient, all these things. And my colleague, I'll say that lightly, who's been on my show, Dr. Tasha York, has proved that, you know, the meta skill for the 21st century is self-awareness, consciousness. I'm awake and I'm aware. 95% of people believe that they know themselves and how they come across is congruent with how other people experience them. Do you know that that's only true 10% of the time? So 10 people are percent of the time, 10%, 85% of the population are delusional in terms of how they think they come across, how 
you know, I'm a really good leader. Well, no, you're not. Everybody thinks you suck. So, (laughs) and that's not a judgment to people, but you are not self-aware. You're not conscious. And the reason that self-awareness is so important is that I'm not going to change anything. I'm not going to do anything unless I'm conscious or awake of that. Now, that being said, I wrote the book, The Quest for Purpose, and that'll be part of that gift that we talk about Mm -hmm. later on. So I have it right here. I've got bookmarks in it. I love it. I love that it is like a book and it allows me to take action by taking notes in it. I love it. You gave me this for being on your podcast and I was really touched that you took the time to send this to me. Thank you. It is incredible. We thank all our guests. Yeah. So, and the other one is, is what will happen as a result of that. And this is not manipulative in any way. We're thankful that people are on and it's memorable and it's something that's honoring the people who have taken the time to be on your show. Why wouldn't mm-hmm. you do it? So that not being stated there is that the quest for purpose frames out a lot of these steps and pieces that I need to start accumulating to grab clarity. Now, Brendan Bouchard wrote the book, you know, Habits of High Performers, mm-hmm. he identified in his research, I think it was 1,500 or 2,000 high performance individuals, six habits. Well, the first habit is clarity. So the reality is, is that people are feeling lost. People are feeling indecisive because they don't know who they are. So rather than making a decision of what to do, make a decision of who you are. And a lot of people talk about, you know, my doing, but what about your being and who are you? So part of our assessment system, which talks about personality, I believe that that's critical. So we have the book, Why Aren't You More Like Me? in our model is unique, talking about every single person on the planet has a style preference. Mm -hmm. Those style preferences are influencing what you should be doing in terms of the nature of the work, not the career choice, because I don't believe in linking personality to career. I link personality to roles and responsibilities. Now, the personal values according to personal style, is that where you talk about the behavioral person, the cognitive person? So personal style is our quote-unquote personality model. Okay. And then we also talk about values which come out of that. It's sort of a rigged system. We have a new e-course and we talk about what would it be like to make the right decision every time. Mm -hmm. So understanding what we call motivational or internal values. True story. At a client phone, he says, listen, Ken, I need some help. I have a 400% turnover in my company. 400%. I went into it and what it was, it was a division of very large organization and it was a credit collection department. And of course, you know, credit collection and outbound calls, it's a high turnover to start with. Mm -hmm. What he had done is he had hired individuals with the value tranquility. Now, tranquility, we have a needs and fears grid linked to the values. And so the fear with the tranquility value is conflict. And I said, what are you doing? Why are you hiring these people? He says, well, I want the nicest credit collection department in the country because we get such a bad rap. I want to have nice people. But nobody likes credit collectors. (laughs) Right. So the reality was, is that the stress level for every single person is that they would last hours and days, not weeks and months. And that's why it was 400% turnover. Wow. So one of the things we say is that if you're in a role and responsibility that's not a fit for your style or not a fit for your values, you cannot sustain engagement. It's not a fair expectation. 
Does your e-course, I mean, I can see it as helping someone who just in their daily life, but I could also see how it would help someone whose business is growing and they are having to hire out an assistant or, you know, social media person just to, so their business can expand. Do people use this e-course to expand their companies as well? Absolutely. When we think about what's the world about, it's about people, right? Mm-hmm. Unless you're going to be survivor and live on the island by yourself. So everything is about relationship. So when we think about, you know, why aren't you more like me? We help people understand themselves and their primary drivers and who they are and their needs and wants and those things. But also, what about all the other people around you? You know, life is about building credibility intentionally. Well, if I don't know who you are, I don't know what you need. We tend to be, as human beings, to be self-centered. And so we judge what you need, what you want, based on what my needs are. Well, they might be completely opposite. Mm -hmm. The tools have been used in marriage and relationship counseling. I was just going to say, this is perfect for marriage. Well, one of (laughs) of our husband to take this e-course. Well, there we go. One of our associates, they were on Oprah three times before she stopped the show. And she wrote the book, My Husband's Affair Became the Best Thing That Ever Happened to Me. And so after that and betrayal, they will not do a workshop or work with couples unless they use this book. Wow. And the reason being is that it is a driver for my needs and wants. We're self-centered. And so when people get up in the morning or they come to work, we want to understand, oh, Ken didn't wake up just to ruin your day, Emily. (laughs) Ken has this certain style. So this goes back to the Mm self-management. If I'm going to manage my behaviors, not necessarily change who I am, but if I'm going to manage it because I need to honor you, then I need to, first of all, know who I am. Then I need to manage that and then move into self-mastery. And from self-mastery, then I can start engaging and having conversations with you. The other side is when we think about job turnover and people not living on purpose, lots of times we take a job for pay and that's fine. If you need you know, to pay the mortgage, do that. Mm-hmm. But in the interim, you need to find a job or a role that fits your personal style or your personality. Because if you get into a role or responsibility that doesn't fit that, I mentioned before, you can't sustain your engagement. Now, values that overlaps or it's underpinning or beside it, whatever way you want to kind of frame it out, that is additional levels of clarity. So a couple of my values, one of my values is independence. So why have I had my own companies in operations, even my sales position, I had a territory where a sales meeting on Monday morning at eight. Except for phone calls to the sales manager, I never hung out with them. I had my territory. I went to who I wanted, when I wanted, and tripled the sales in three years. Mm-hmm. But independence was this ability to kind of control one's own environment. You know, I can barely work for myself, not alone somebody else, right? Yeah. <laughs> so if I take these values, these core values, and we have a very sophisticated, what we call a values matrix. We get people to make 300 decisions in less than 20 minutes. It's kind of a really neat proprietary system that we have, and you can get that with that e-course. But anyways, what it does is that if I take these values, then I filter my decisions around these values. So I'm looking at a new job, a new opportunity, and independence is one of my top five values, and there's no independence in the role. So the role is going to give me 100 grand a year, but I'm a puppet and I can't make any decisions and there's no independence, all these things. I'm going to be miserable. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I think that you really break it down because 
I'm to the point where I've got a full life and life is in session and there are constantly things being thrown my way. And I have to stop and ask, does this support my future and my goals Mm -hmm. and my dreams or does it not? And if it doesn't, then the answer is no, I won't be able to do that. But it sounds like you with this system and this e-course and your books really break it down to where you have self-mastery, you know who you are, and it makes the decision even quicker. And so you are able to make a decision faster, whether that's in your business or your relationships or something you may want to do in the future. So I love that you break that down. So you start with really asking yourself who you are and what are your goals and what are some of the other characteristics that you have that others might have like you said, independence, what are some others? And do you use that mainly for your business or do you use that in relationships as well? So both. A colleague of mine, Alan Weiss, who mentored me way back in the 90s, written 60 books now, is we don't have a work life and a home life. We just have life. So I take whoever I am, wherever I go. So Mm -hmm. my core values in our work anyways, go wherever I go. Now, it might be more fulfilled in a work environment for this value number two around, let's say, responsibility or challenge, but it's still, the lines are blurred, aren't they? You're probably working from a home office right now, correct? Yep. This sort of remote opportunity travel through online. I mean, I was just on a podcast with an individual in Australia. You're down in the LA area. I'm in Vancouver. Isn't that cool? Yeah, it's amazing that we can connect like this globally through people and we can share your message and teach people how to find their purpose and their values through Mm. technology now. When I first got into this industry in the 90s and we got the contract with Chrysler to do all these programs and be the sole source of developing that, I commuted from Vancouver to Detroit every week for a year. You know why? Wow. There was no email. I mean, Hey, I know I look young. I look healthy. You do. You know, you look like Tom Selleck. Do people tell you that all the time? The short version. Definitely. (laughs) There was some comments made about that. I guess I should be the next actor in Blue Bloods, maybe the short version or the old brother that was found. Hey, I would not put anything past you. You are a go-getter. I want to. Acting is the deal. Speaking for sure. Coming to your conference and just having fun with them. It's interesting, Amberly. I'm sorry to interrupt because this was something that occurred. I was just recently speaking in Houston, and I've been doing this for 30 years. I've done 3,000 presentations. And at the end of this presentation with a room, I don't know, a couple hundred people in it, I said at the end of that, I said, you know what? I've never enjoyed this more. And it's interesting Mm -hmm. as you mature and you grow, you know, when I first got into this in my late 20s, early 30s, Now, as you get older, and ageism is still a thing that's out there, but I think wisdom comes, and now we don't have to prove anything to anybody. We're just here to serve. Yes, we want to grow our business, and we want to be successful, and Mm -hmm. all of that is true, but I'm just here to really help, and after having the privilege of being in front of you know, thousands of people over the years to be able to serve. And now I do our certification on our assessments with other consultants and trainers who travel all around the world to our location to come be taught for three intense, you know, 14 hour days. 
at the end of it, I say, wow, dairy farmer getting up, watching the sun come up. And then I have these amazing individuals who come in the space. So as long as you don't get full of yourself, conceited arrogance is just. We got to stay out of our ego and in our heart. And it really, yeah. And I can tell you are so passionate about helping others and sharing your wisdom. We talked about you have something special for our listeners. I want you to introduce it, but it is a free gift. And when you told me how they can get this gift, I was like, oh my gosh, I love it. So go ahead. And- we have several different sites. So we have the site of all the assessments of that, and that's crgleader.com. But I also have my speaker site, which is Ken Keys. Now, Keys is spelled as K E N K E I S dot com slash grit. And I said, where did I get grit from? And I said, I think I know. And that's coded for us so that we have this special hidden landing page for your listeners, your viewers, so that they can benefit. And what it is, is an ebook of the quest for purpose. I normally You're sell it. You're giving for them? To, oh my I goodness. Usually, normally it sells for $30. So you can go oh on, my goodness. on that and be able to. Now, here's the key. Here's what's really shocking sometimes, Emily. A lot of people who see this, they know it's there. It is a roadmap for them to get clear, won't take action. They won't do it. They won't download the book. They won't even look at it. And then they complain. I said, sorry. So it's there. We're giving it to you if you are in need of clarity. And there's lots of things in the book we didn't have time to cover in the show. Yeah. And I'm telling you guys. And all those kinds of things you know, talking about your self-worth, you're the fitness person. We know also that health and wellness affects my competence, my ability to make decisions around my career, to have courage, all these things that fit into it. And, you know, after being an author of, you know, 4 million words of content, 45 minutes doesn't really cover all that. You have so much to offer. I also want to tell the listeners that your newsletter, I told you before we started recording the show, your newsletter is my favorite newsletter. I get it. And it's a nugget. It's just a nugget of gold of wisdom. And I have saved all of your newsletters because they're not just inspirational. They give you, it's like a little guide on how to improve your life. So if people are not signed up for your newsletter, can they go to your website and sign up for that? For sure. Okay. Just other the speaker site or the crgleader.com, the crgleader.com at the time of filming this is a little bit older. It's being refreshed, but just go in there and opt in. And then we send the newsletter as far as the article once a week. And so that was your newsletter is incredible. Your book's incredible. I've read one. I need to get the other three. I think it will help with my marriage and me hiring people to work for my company for sure. I just want to thank you so much for coming on. You're on Instagram. Where else can my listeners find you? I think my biggest space is LinkedIn because okay. of all sort of the background and LinkedIn allows you a profile for basically your CV online. So Ken Keys, K-E-I-S, that you'll be able to find there. Also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Twitter is the CR, at CRG leader. So that's the process there. They can connect and I'd basically say yes to just anybody. And of course, a lot of those platforms, you just decide to follow if you want to follow. Yeah, well, thank you so much for coming on. 
True Grit and Grace podcast and sharing your wisdom with us. It was You're really welcome. great to talk Thanks to you. Thanks for being an awesome host. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us this week on True Grit and Grace podcast. If you like it, please rate it or share it with your friends. That would help too. If you're not yet on the newsletter list, come over to AmberlyLago.com and jump on it. While you're there, you can grab a free downloadable gratitude journal and you might just want to check out my book or even check out my monthly motivational membership. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll see you next week.